Howdy, everyone. This is uh, Greg Chasson uh, from Kings of Dust, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Hey, you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. I am Bruce. My name, if you don't know it already, is the big man, the boss, the owner of my own self. Wow, that <laughs> was deep, deep and philosophical. This is Chris. <laughs> and today we've got a special guest, uh, someone that I am a uh, someone that I have been a big fan of since way back in the day with Badlands. Probably still one of my favorite rock metal sort of bluesy bands and i know he's got a new thing going called kings of dust so i'm looking forward to chatting with him greg chasen I, I think it's chaison oh yeah but you're elite and french so i'm not fucking french <laughs> aren't you from the north isn't everybody up north from france no 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 no, no you're, no, you're north of the border. That's France or French. <laughs> if it's not the USA, it's fucking France. It's gotta be fucking France. And we're going to have some fucking freedom fries. <laughs> you got it. Actually, you guys fuck up the fries up there. You put like, uh, what do you call it? Poutine? Don't you fucking dare say we fuck that up. <laughs> Who don't the hell you puts fuck, cheese curds on their French fries? Don't you fucking even, dude, have you ever had poutine? No, it's wrong. It's, it's wrong. You are so fucking wrong. I don't. Get, I don't get mad about a lot of shit, but this fucking <laughs> pisses me off. Gojira and Poutine. How the hell are we even doing this podcast? Both from France, and, and like I said, elitist and bullshit. Don't you fucking go there this weekend. <laughs> this fucking weekend in Canada, it's the Grey Cup. So the CFL is the Canadian Football League, and it's the fucking final game. I'm making poutine like you wouldn't fucking believe. Yeah, listen to Gojira, watch that, and I, I don't even know what the CFL is, some sort of it's, what, minor, minor league football. Have you ever heard of Doug Flutie? Yeah, minor league football. Have you ever heard of Warren Moon? No. How about oh, Cam Wake? None of these names mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> they all got their start in the Canadian Football League, bitch. <laughs> right. They go celebrate the uh, shake-up jars of poutine instead of champagne. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get Greg on the line and see what he's got to say. Oh, I'm bringing this up with Greg. <laughs> That's a good topic, actually. Here we go. Hey, how are you, Greg? I'm good. Hi. I'm doing you well. Are. Meet my partner, Chris. How you doing? Hi, Chris. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate your time. No worries. Before we get started, yeah. Bruce and I were just having this conversation, cool. and I noted from your Wikipedia page that you were, you were born in Canada. Yep. Okay. Bruce is cutting down poutine. He thinks it's terrible and it's wrong. <laughs> what are you cutting down? Poutine. Well, I moved to the United States when I was five, so I don't actually know what poutine is. Ah, oh, fuck. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Greg. I appreciate that. Damn it. Uh, it's, it's, what, what is it? So when you go get french fries, do you put cheese, curds, and gravy on them? Uh, no. Yeah, see, thank you. Oh, That's what fuck, I was saying from the beginning. Man. Jesus. <laughs> Somehow north of the border, they put some sort of cheese, curds, and I don't know. some What is it, brown gravy? Yeah. No, no. It's so good. Mm. I don't think I'd be trying it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. 
Oh, this That's didn't go me. the direction I wanted it to go. <laughs> he thought because you were fellow Canadian, you were going to immediately side with him. And well, I, I didn't know he moved wrong. here when he was five. Yeah, I moved to the States <laughs> when I was five. The only time I've ever been back to Canada was once on a vacation when I was a kid. And then if any band I was playing in happened to be playing in Canada. Ah. Right. So anyway, I want to thank you for joining us. I am definitely a longtime fan. As I was telling Chris before we started here, Badlands was probably and still is one of my favorite bands to listen to. Always enjoyed them and uh, want to thank you for doing that for sure. No, my pleasure. It was a great band to be in. My goodness. That was uh, even still to this day. Some of that stuff holds up like better than the stuff that's coming out. I hear that a lot, actually. I'll, I'll post a Badlands photo now and then on my uh, Facebook page and it usually gets, you know, more comments than just about anything else. Yeah. And that's what everyone always says that how it, it holds up to this day. And I mean, I don't know if that was our intention when we were doing it, but I'm glad that it did. It doesn't yeah. sound, it doesn't sound dated to me. So. No, no, no. And I was lucky enough to get to see you guys live once in New York, I think at like the canal club or something way back and okay. just unbelievable stuff. Thanks. And it's actually really cool that you still uh, you still in contact with Jake, right? I saw you guys get up and play together. Yeah, um, Jake and I uh, usually text two or three times a month, and it's usually about nothing that has to do with music. It's just usually some silly thing that he comes up with or that I come up with. And then I was uh, in Vegas uh, about a month ago for his wedding. So nice. And I saw you got up and played with him a couple times, right? How did how did that turn out? Did he just call you out, or was it pre-planned? Um, when they played here uh, in March, here in Phoenix, they played in Tempe, which is a uh, suburb of Phoenix, more or less. It's right. It's a separate place. But anyway, um, uh, he called me and said, hey, do you want to come up and play a song? And I said, yeah, sure. So, I, uh, you know, I, they only played two Badland songs in that in their set. Mm -hmm. And and so he said, you can whatever one you want, either that or uh, three day funk. And I said, yeah, let's play High Wire because that's the one, you know, that's the most recognizable, other than maybe Dreams in the Dark or Winter's Call. Right. So that made the most sense, and I got up and played. And I had never met Phil before, the drummer, and, and that was cool. And Anthony, I've known a long time. He's a nice guy, and of course Darren and I were in the band together at one time. So uh, right. I always have a great time when I play with Jake. Ever cross paths with Eric anymore or no? Nah, Eric and I aren't friends these days. <laughs> gotcha. We're uh, we there's been a mis misunderstanding, and for some reason we just can't seem to uh, clear it up. So um, he knows I'm there if he ever wants to talk, and I would be more than happy to talk to him. But uh, Eric's got his his life, and he's pretty busy, and oh I'm yeah, pretty, pretty busy with mine. Awesome. Well, I didn't mean to bring that up, but let's, uh, uh, no, let's talk. No worries. No worries. It's, it's kind of common knowledge. People ask. I, I got asked that yesterday because of the Badlands photo I posted. Do I ever talk to Eric? No, not really. I, I wish I did, actually. Right. So, right, Eric, cool. if you're out there, I love you, man. Awesome. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so tell us about the band Kings of Dust. Uh, how did that come about? And uh, can you give us like a two-sentence two border and pitch on Kings of Dust? Uh, Kings of Dust was something that uh, was started seven years ago just as uh, a project to record a couple songs in, uh, in the singer Michael Beck, the singer of King is, Kings of Dust. He wanted to do a couple songs in his studio. 
and we got together and wrote a couple songs and it actually turned out pretty cool well along the way we changed members a couple times and it was just still me and michael beck and then uh when i got cancer uh four and a half years ago we put the whole thing on hold because i was busy dealing with that and then about a year ago i started feeling like i wanted to do it again and we got a new drummer jimmy taft who is an old friend of mine great drummer and uh uh we had got to back together with uh ryan mckay our guitar player that we had before i got cancer and uh finished the record and uh it'll be out i think the general release will be sometime in january and there's a if you did the pre-order people are getting the people that pre-ordered are getting it in december nice nice and it's a very 70s uh 70s style bluesy hard rock not unlike badlands i hear and from a lot of people and it also has a lot i wear my influences on my sleeve so you can hear everything that i i mean there's some sabbathy sort of sabbath meets deep purple meets zeppelin meets humble pie meets yada 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 and that was kind of what badlands was all about we kind of wore our influences on our sleeve we weren't we didn't shy away from the fact if something kind of sounded reminiscent of some you know something from the 70s we we were probably they were probably right and right kings of dust is the same kind of thing it's got a very kind of a authentic real vibe a lot of bands that play 70s style music now they're younger bands um and so they're kind of getting it from it's almost second or third hand. The Kings of Dust for me, the music that we play, I played music in the 70s. And I was, you know, directly influenced by those bands. So um, not to put any of those newer bands down, I think it's great that they do that, um, that they're kind of helping keep that style of music alive. Um, and we like to be part of that. It's just very authentic for us because Beck and I, you know, the singer in the band, we kind of grew up in that period as well so uh sure when we're, when we're doing it, it it's uh, it comes from uh having the kind of stuff we did back in the 70s i guess awesome so. chris uh no go ahead bruce please so I'm, i trust your health is good now yeah i'm i'm perfectly good i've been in remission my last cancer treatment was uh four years ago uh this last October. Wonderful. And, uh, and, uh, so, um, it's just something that happened along the way. I wasn't expecting it and it just kind of came along. And so I had to deal with it and, uh, I can had to put everything else in my life on hold and sure. take care of that. So, uh, you know, God's been good to me. Awesome. awesome. Is there a plan to take Kings of dust on the road? Yeah, we want to go do some stuff. I mean, the chances of us getting in a tour bus and being gone for, Two months i don't think that's very likely the rest of us all kind of have uh other obligations i have a guitar store that i run that i couldn't be gone for two months um, <clears throat> but i would think that if we could do some fly-in dates i know we want to go play in la and san diego and vegas and then there's some opportunities for us to do some other things i would be up for doing a cruise or whatever um i think once the record comes out i mean the reaction of people that have heard select cuts of it and uh and even people around here that have heard more of it you know that i played for it uh, in my car or whatever has been super positive everyone seems to like it and um so if it does uh if it does what it's what people are saying it's going to do 
yeah, I'd love to go play some places. I just don't think I want to go on tour. Right. Uh, for you know, People would always ask me, would you ever, if Jake called you today, could you go back on tour with Red Dragon Cartel? It's like, well, A, he's got a bass player, so that would, uh, you know, that would be a problem. And right. uh, B, I can't really commit to something like that because I have a 6,000 square foot store that I run and I have five employees that I have to manage and I just don't think that going out on tour for two or three months and I wouldn't mind going on tour for two and three months if I didn't have other responsibilities and that's kind of where the other guys in the band uh, Jimmy and Michael and Ryan are in the same kind of boat. Well that's good you're all on the same page and I imagine you have pretty much a uh, sort of built-in fan base right because Badlands was definitely a um, underground cultish following right? Yeah, there's a built-in fan base, and the funny thing is, um, you know, when MySpace was around, I was on it, and I, I had a lot of friends on there that had seen the band, and then when Facebook happened, the same kind of thing. And then when uh, Jake asked me to join Red, Red Dragon Cartel, I, you know, really underestimated how that would impact people, mm-hmm. uh, because people were so... Uh, into the Jake and Greg back together again thing that it actually made me, I don't know. I, I became more popular after Kings, uh, after Red Dragon Cartel than I did while I was in Badlands. It was really kind of a unique situation. I think Jake and I both underestimated the impact of him and I playing together again. And I, and I guess I understand it as it was happening because, you know, Ray's not around and, and, you know, Eric's off doing his thing and Jeff's doing his. And Jake and I were the two guys that were in Badlands the longest. You know, he started it, and I'm the one guy that managed to stay through the whole time. Right. So I actually, through the the Red uh, Red Dragon Cartel, it made me even more kind of, you know, on my record, I, I thank Jake for making me relevant again. And I always say that I was kind of off the grid a little bit. I hadn't really done anything in a while. I kind of took myself out of the loop intentionally. So I mm-hmm. raised my kids and I was happy coaching baseball and doing the other things that I was doing and red dragon cartel happens. And all of a sudden, you know, it's just like pretty big deal. And it made it a lot easier to do Kings of dust because the built in fan base through badlands and red dragon cartel, those people um, were very interested in what I was doing next. Uh, Michael Beck saying with, Red Dragon Cartel for a short time when Jake was going through all his different singers. And so he has some people that recognize him from that. So I, I think all that's been very positive. What was, the, right. what was the writing process like for this new record? Um, probably not, probably 90, eh, 80% of it is written by me musically. Um, uh, I would, usually come up with what I, I would usually get close to what was a complete song in my head. And then I show up at rehearsal and I play it for the, for the drummer and, and the guitar player. And then they would add their parts to it. And if, if they wanted if they had another part, if I had a chorus or whatever, and they had an idea that fit with that, then, you know, we would, you know, expand on it that way. Now there are a couple songs on the record. When I first started the band, I had a, my writing partner was a guy named Mike Petruno, who's a really good friend of mine. And he would bring a couple ideas and then I would expand on them and vice versa. So there's two or three songs on there that are 
either written by him, you know, started by him, finished by me, or vice versa, started by me, finished by him. So, but for the, I think there's 12 songs on the record. Uh, I probably, like I said, wrote about 80% of it, but not to take away anyone else's uh, um, contributions because what the rest of the guys brought to it really made it complete and made the songs that much better. So, right. Um, I kind of write with the same kind of, uh, in the same kind of direction that Jake writes in, where Jake doesn't write just uh, a typical verse, chorus, solo, chorus out. He's got a bunch of other little parts that go in, in and out of things. And I always enjoyed that style. That's the way I've always written as well. So my songs are in there, are the songs for the band. They're not the most simple. They have a lot of moving parts in it. The bass is very prominent in it, and there's a lot of moving bass lines, you know, not unlike Badlands. So I'm pretty happy with it. All the players, the drummer, Jimmy Taft's a great drummer. And most guys are influenced by, you get your Bonham guys and your Tommy Aldridge guys. It's really unique to play with a drummer that's his main influence is Jeff Picaro from Toto. And oh, wow. He, so, he, so he takes that kind of influence and puts it in a heavy rock setting. It's very unique. Oh, I, I'm now I'm stoked because the, <laughs> the guitar player plays in a band called Louis Prima and the Witness is Ryan McKay, and they're kind of like a uh, it's Louis Prima Jr. So it's a big band with horns and keyboard players, and they tour. Uh, that's his primary job, and they they're on the road. They go to Europe sometimes, and they they go play like a lot of corporate events out of state, you know, in other states, or they'll go to New Orleans or. Or New York or whatever, Atlantic City. So it's kind of like a really kind of a 40 style horn band. And so he's a very, uh, Ryan's a very unique, very guitar player. I mean, he can play the rock stuff like, you know, it's second fiddle, but he brings a lot of other, our second nature. I mean, he can bring a, a lot to it because of his other unique style. And Beck used to be a heavy metal singer, and now he, he really fits in well with, he kind of was a Queensryche style guy. And he really kind of brings this very cool kind of 70s bent to it. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it, and I couldn't. Uh, this could not have been as good without these guys. That's awesome. Very cool. I I'm just... looking forward to playing live with it here, even in town. But I'd like to bring it to some other places and just see what people would think. I'm excited to hear it because all of these influences coming together. It, it Yeah, it's a big mash. Yeah, it's, it's like, like you say, Jeff Picaro influence. I mean, that guy was a monster drummer. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, but he never, like, well, he obviously played on hard rock records because he was like one of the biggest session drummers in the world. But I've never heard that style of drumming put into the context of music that you're talking about. I'm, I'm really, really excited to check it out. There's a lot of nuance in there, uh, drum wise, that uh, um, is, is not what you traditionally hear in just your straight rock stuff, although I wouldn't necessarily categorize Kings as straight rock. Jimmy and I, the drummer, we played in a cover band together and um, like 10 years ago or more. And him and I, because of his unique style of play, we'd kind of go off and just leave the, the singer and the guitar player just kind of hanging in the weeds while him and I were just like exploring all kinds of <laughs> different... I, 
I eventually got kicked out of the band, and I think that's one of the reasons I got kicked out. They they figured they had to keep one of us because we were really a bad influence on each other as far as <laughs> the musical adventures we were taking together. And we would, you know, it was the singer, the singer, uh, the lead singer was his band, and I think he was feeling like these guys are getting way too much attention from me. <laughs> <laughs> Lead singer disease kicks in sometimes. <laughs> uh, I'm still friends. I'm still friends with him. Plus we would, we would play at a lot of uh, sports bars and I would, the, the singer would get pissed off because I'd be playing the songs, but I'd be watching sports center or a baseball game on the TV <laughs> over the bar. And he'd go, how can you play all that stuff while you're watching? I don't know. I've been playing a long time. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to miss right. the game. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't you know, Mark McGuire's up. Shut up. <laughs> don't worry, I'll hit this run perfectly. Yeah, and if I and if I don't, no one will know the difference. There'll be so many. Some of the notes will be the right ones. <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah. touchdown! You're supposed to be playing. <laughs> touchdown, bass solo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Nice. Chris, you got anything else? I don't, man. Awesome. Greg, did we miss anything we need to cover? Um, I don't think so. I'll just say uh, Kings of Dust, uh, late January release. Um, check it out. I will give a quick plug to this my other project, which is ironically called Rock the King. And what it is, it's a... a I've never done anything like this before, as have most people not. Uh, it's a bunch of 80s and 70s songs like Motley Crue, which I've never played any Motley Crue till I start, got in this project. And then uh, and Van Halen and Lenny Kravitz and uh, Sabbath and all this stuff with this top-notch, world-class Elvis impersonator. Nice. Oh, my and God. That's so cool. <laughs> so in the middle of all these rock songs are interweaved in it, not not just even in the middle weaved through all these uh you know whole lot of love and heartbreaker and uh, uh kickstart my heart uh, uh paranoid is elvis songs is an That's elvis awesome song. so you're playing you know whatever and all of a sudden he starts singing you're, then you start going into uh you know teddy bear or whatever any <laughs> any, any different elvis song and so it's actually been a real challenge to do it and because you know you played or heard some of these rock songs your whole life and all of a sudden you got to make a left turn into like elvis land so it's very unique um we're playing our first show here uh it's a kind of a corporate kind of band uh, on new year's eve and then there's plans to go and play even out of state as the bookings kind of uh you know materialize so the name of the band is called rock the king um it's actually pretty fun. You can find it on my Facebook page as well. And it's odd that I would have a band called Kings of Dust and be in a band called Rock the King. It's very confusing. <laughs> Rock the King sounds destined for a Vegas uh, residency. Well, I was thinking oddly, the same thing. Oddly enough, the guy had a, a version of this 10 years ago or so called Metal Elvis. And it, he had a three-year residency in Vegas and was considered the most popular band on the strip, voted the most popular band on the strip two years out of the three. And back when he did it before, he had the bass player dressed like Nikki Six and the drummer dressed like Peter Chris and the singer or the guitar player dressed like Slash. Now 
because we're kind of kind of buried out, we kind of get to be ourselves, which I really wouldn't want to dress like anyone other than me. So I get to do my cowboy hat on it. But um, it's it's pretty cool. It's a it's a good challenge. The players are good. Uh, the Elvis guys top notch. The arrangements are really cool. So besides getting to have Kings of Dust, which I really kind of get to have my cake and eat it too, because Kings of Dust is everything I ever wanted to do on a record or in a band, uh, similar to how we did it in Badlands. And then I get to have this kind of really kind of cool, weird commercial sort of, because uh, Kings of Dust, I wouldn't say is commercial, uh, certainly not by today's standards. Um, right. Although I do think there's songs that could be on the radio or it's very dance. It's got a really nice groove so people could shake their booty to it. Uh, you could definitely dance around to it. Um, but uh, Rock the King is something completely different. It's a lot of fun. So either one, if I'm out and about, you get to you see, you see that I'm going to be near you guys. Come and see either one. Uh, I'm pretty happy with both of them. But uh, it's a unique take. And I'm I'm pretty proud of uh, Kings of Dust. I, I It's a set. You know, I did a video and I said, I did a Texas accent in, it, in this video that I did online, and what's funny is everyone thought that I was actually from Texas when I did the when I did the, <laughs> uh, when I did the Dad Gum video, and uh, one of the things I said in the video was, "Hell, it's seven years of our lives on this record," and <laughs> it really is. It's seven years of my life to get to this point. So um, right. I hope people check it out. I hope they like it, and I would like I would love to hear what people's opinion of it is so uh check it out when it comes awesome. out that was good right so good what a nice guy yeah bowie dylan marley you've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important join me josh adam myers host of the 500 as each week i go through a different album from rolling stone magazine's 500 greatest albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians actors and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives New episodes of the 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.